some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Model Club TV, episode 13. I don't know. Is that Wait, I'm backwards. Oh, yeah, that is backwards. We need, cre- we need creepy music for this one. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, I hope everyone had a great holiday. Uh, New Year's is coming up. We're going to hopefully have this one up by New Year's Eve. That's the goal. So if you're uh, listening to this, have a great New Year, a safe New Year. And Scott, how was your Christmas? Uh, uneventful. That's good. Yes. <laughs> Get anything nice? Um, lots of money. You got money? What do you need money for? A 12-foot ladder. That's, ooh, that's good. Yeah. So I need a big ladder to reach a light so I can clean it, and my one window so I can clean it, so. Harbor Freight? Um, no, I'm a fat ass, so I can't find my ladders at Harbor Freight. I'm probably better off <laughs> buying them somewhere that is safer. Uh, <laughs> uh, Depot, yeah, you're maybe. probably right. Yeah, that's good <laughs> No Chinese ladders for you. No. Um, cool. Uh, my Christmas was on the road, which we'll talk about a little bit later um, in our new segment. I'm excited for it, actually. Um, I don't think you seem very excited, and it really hurts my feelings. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're totally self-indulgent new segment? No, no problem. Go ahead. Yeah, all right. Okay. Um, you know, you already have control of all the word balloons and, and everything else. Hey, if so. you want to come over here and sit with me anytime, we'll do the word balloons. No, I'm not allowed at your house. Remember? Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. I forgot. You're, you're banned Amy. from here still. Amy. <laughs> Amy. Um, Don't Amy. <laughs> uh, uh, for Christmas, though, we just opened presents today, which is what's the 29th. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the second time in my life, I got Masters of the Universe action figures for Christmas. <laughs> I got the new ones that are available only at Walmart. I guess. <laughs> All right. Oh we're boy. done. Yeah. Hey, for me, it was awesome. So what are you uh, going to do with it? Uh, I haven't decided if I'm opening them yet or not. I got He-Man, Skeletor, Evil-Lynn, and Battle Cat. That's- you have a He-Man with a skirt now. It's called She-Man. Okay. And uh, you can get that one, too. So. <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad idea. You should pitch it to him. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, we're here at the end of the year i like i said in the last episode uh we need to think this out better for an end of the year episode and have like a best of list which i think we will next year i think for this episode it is going to be light again um terry and david hey they just made their announcement what what is that what were you doing light Oh, light. Okay. <laughs> Terry and David just made a, a bunch of news broke right when we were about to record. So we're kind of scrambling here. Uh, Terry and David did make their announcement about AFM. We're going right into news and reviews, I guess. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I'm sure we do have an outline that we follow. <laughs> yeah, we do have an outline sometimes. We'll move this here and uh, we'll move this here. And okay. No, we are. But so a lot of news broke right as we're doing this. But this episode is going to be just kind of a news heavy episode. And. Just our opinion on where things are in the year 2021 in terms of garage kit land and keep it easy and go from there. So anyway, like I said, news and reviews, but before that, <laughs> our raffle, but, so wait. We, <laughs> there, but wait, there's more, more. actually there's less. So 
we have to give away our Biolante figure. I have it with me this time. You know, it's too bad he didn't make it bigger. We could have made a Chia pet out of it. Oh, that, that's a good idea, actually. So we're giving away this clear 3D printed Biolante to one lucky winner. We had Larry, I hope you do not take offense at this. We only had a couple people send their names in. So I'm trying to look behind me. There we go. Okay. So there we go. By a couple, how many is it? By a couple, I mean a couple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Ticket number. Ticket number Trevor. <laughs> Look at that, Trevor. Trick it, trick, trick it number Trevor. <laughs> Ticket Trevor. Trevor. Ticket Yay, number three eight seven zero one two. There was only one other one, so maybe it was the timing. Who knows? But Trevor, we'll get this out to you. Uh, I'll email you in a bit. Yeah, I may have his address somewhere too. So but. that's over with. So that Biolante, thank you, Larry Brackney. Please check him out on Instagram, Hypergeos. Uh, he does some cool stuff. And we love Larry. Oh, Larry's a great guy. Thank you again, Larry. Yeah, thanks for the support. We really do appreciate that. All right. So here we are. We had to have a we had a technical difficulty. Scott had to turn his lights on because we were having focus issues. Anyway, news and reviews. One of these days, I'm going to make the uh, intro to this. News and reviews. Uh, Terry and David just made their announcement for AFM, the future of AFM, uh, which is why we were going to have them on, and still are. The plan is still in the works, uh, to have them on to talk about the future of the magazine. Um, They were supposed to be here today. (laughs) And again, there was a bombing in uh, Nashville, which kind of knocked David off the internet for a while. So he's getting caught up with some of that other stuff. So if you want to see the actual announcement, head over to Facebook, uh, the AFM Facebook page. They are going to cease publishing a physical copy of the magazine, which is huge, right? Um, For a lot of us, that's sad. And as a writer for the magazine, it's sad as well. But as a fan of the magazine... It, you know, it stings. It really does. Your thoughts on this, Scott, on this development? Um, I have a few thoughts. Um, first of all, these guys started doing this in 1994, I believe. Yeah. So that is 26 years, I think Dave said in the announcement. And um, <clears throat> at the time, the only other magazine that was out there was, that was devoted to figure kits was basically um, Kit Builders had just gotten going. And Kit Builders was very, for what it was, it was great in the early days, but it was very primitive. And Dave and Terry took this to a new level. And as time went on and Kit Builders got other owners, you know, their quality went up. Um, Modeler's Resource started as a little, almost like a pamphlet. That, that came and then you know it was printed on crappy paper and then they went all color and and you know so you had all three magazines for a while and then you know well at, back in 94 there was also there was mo- i'm trying to think let's do the history of the magazines real quick there was model scene which i have some of those floating around i know paul mm-hmm. gale was like featured in a lot of those way back then um there was kit builders there was model and toy collector which had their like 
they're like once in a while article, right? It wasn't just well, straight models. Terry and David actually um, both started. The Model Mania article started in Model and Toy Collector. Yeah. And then Terry um, early on was part of uh, Model and Toy Collector. Um, before it was even Model and Toy Collector, I think it was Model it, Figure Collector. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Terry, he was talking about it a little bit. David also had a column in Airbrush Action, I think. Yes, he did. So I would buy those once in a while. But yeah, when AFM came out, I mean, that was huge. Yep. And, um, you know, to their credit, last man standing, basically. Yeah. And they're not dead. <laughs> Let's, no, they're not I dead. Want, yeah, I mean, as yeah, far as a, a published as far, magazine right. goes, last man standing. And um, again, no disrespect to anybody else. It's just, you know, there they were. Um. So my feelings are mixed. I um, and, a, and I know this I'm a tactile is tough, guy. I, I, know, I, I, I like was just going to gonna say, yeah, I, I, was I like gonna say. books in my hand. You know, I don't want to read like a Kindle. I don't want to. I, I and it's, you know. for everyone who doesn't know, you you get like two copies. One you don't touch, and it goes in a bag and a board, and you put it in a box yep. and never open it. Right? Me, um, I'm kind of like I look through it, I put it up, and I'm good. But for hmm. those people who like things like you, it's. And I like things. I have all of my issues and everything, but mm-hmm. not having that physical issue for some people is going to be a big deal. It It is, but as time has gone by, I've read comics on the computer. I've read... Um, I've actually downloaded all the AFMs that you can buy in the PDF form, so I do have all of them so far. Um, Dave would get off his ass and finish it. <laughs> well, that's what we're and I don't uh, want to like getting Dave. Dave, I, it's a joke. I, and I don't want to get into a no, lot of but, that still, but right. there's a reason he was going to explain to us. There's a reason like some of that data is corrupted. They're having trouble. Like they're going to have to scan things. So read the announcement. It's a huge thing. I, as a writer for the magazine, um, I don't think much will change for me. Uh, Although it might be more work now because Terry mentioned to me something about doing video clips for him, but I'm like, oh, <laughs> like what? Which I have no problem. But I, for my side of it, I and I don't know if everyone knows this. Um, and I don't. We don't get paid as writers. Uh, it was always done, kind of as for the fun of it, and for the love of the hobby, kind of thing. We did get a free a free ad in each magazine, and we would get the kit to paint sometimes, or the kit that we got to review. But for the last few issues, people haven't been sending things in. Um, they have nothing to give us for reviews. They have nothing for us to paint. Like for this issue right now, I'm I'm painting a kit out of my collection. I've done that multiple times, and I mean I don't have a problem doing that at all. Um, but it is, it's a, it's a labor of love for the writers as much as it is for the editors, I think, because they're not getting rich off doing this magazine. That's for sure. So it's an end of an era for sure. And yeah, like you said, last man standing, um, it's tough. It's been a tough year, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Well, we'll see what they have in store for us. Um, there are a lot of possibilities, you know, um, who knows? Maybe someday they'll go back into print or they'll print a best of or a Ooh, farewell a issue. Idea. Who knows? You know, yeah. um, I kind of yeah. like the the way Spectrum magazine goes where it has all those. It's like it's like a eye candy book. 
That'd be kind of cool if they did one of those every once in a while of just kits from each issue in a collected thing. Who knows? But yeah, we'll talk more about it when we get them on, uh, hopefully next month when things kind of settle down from the holidays. Now, but. and that being said, you know, you talk about collectors like me, there's a part of me, certainly I'm not glad, but it's like, okay, cool. No more room to take up with magazines now. <laughs> and this is what I learned with comic books is that my comic collection started to be boxes and boxes and boxes of comic books. And, um, I think I've got two boxes full of, um, comic model, um, or not comic model, model magazines, models yeah. resource. Um, I think I have all of them except for the first three, all the kit builders I have, all the AFMs I have. Um, it takes up a lot of space and it's heavy. Moving it sucks. Heavy. It is heavy. I yes. was just moving books around upstairs today. Like I have, I'm out of space for books. So it is heavy. And then like, you know, so for now, I'm going to see if I can turn this. That bookcase right there with all those similar books, that's my comic collection. And those are the Marvel masterworks that, um, you know, it, it's, I had most of those comics and it's, it's, you know, I, I would never fit all those comics in that little space. So yeah, bought comics to read them. And that's why I went that route and sold all my comics. I got rid of a bunch of mine too recently. And, um, you know, and I, but, you know, again, um, I, I like the AFM. The AFM is a nice, uh, take it into the crapper magazine sometimes and, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. So, um, I just thought about things. Oh, God, help. What's that about me and the crapper reading <laughs> AFM? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wiping my walker. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> God, I hate you. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had to do something with that spike. Oh, so, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> moving on. Well, yeah, like I said, we're going to have Terry and David on again. I'm sorry. They're not here again. I've screwed up as a uh, talent booking agent. Scott is the master. Um, <laughs> we'll go from there. Uh, in bigger news. Even bigger news. Scott, you have been reinstated at the clubhouse. Um, I, I was. I was. Um, I am shocked. It was a, it was a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. God and, bless uh, us, everyone. Everyone. And um, no, and it, it's. Uh, I, I want to know your take on it because we haven't really talked about this yet because I haven't been home. So my take on it is, um, you know, I talked to them a little bit about it, um, Trevor and stuff and mentioned it to him and a few others. And it would just be nice to be able to reply to the comments we get on this. Be nice to buy and sell there. Um, I can't tell you how many times I see questions asked there that I know the answer to like instantly. And, um, uh, I have to wait till someone that knows the answer and answers and it just makes me crazy. So, you know, I want to help. Um, are you going to be on your best behavior? I promise not to fight with anyone anymore. <laughs> um, I'm going to let others do that for me for a change. And, um, yeah, you know, I, it, it's, and it's like, I, I told Trevor this, I like the positive reaction we're getting from this and, uh, I don't want to screw that up. So well, that's good. 
It's a, hey, we're starting 2021 in a good place. There. Now I'm eligible for the Hall of Fame. Now that I'm not banned for life anymore, I'm <laughs> eligible for the Hall of Fame. So there you go. Uh, we got to work on what Hall now. of Fame, but yeah. yeah. But no, that's good. Congratulations. Uh, I don't know if I could say it, it, you deserve it, but you just, everyone deserves a second chance. No more fighting. Peace. No more fighting. Resumaniacs just dropped their winners for their ultimate bus contest. Um, happened right before we came on here and started recording, so scrambled to get this together. Uh, the first place winner was entry number 13 with Setpun GK. Uh, he lit that thing. Looks really cool. Looks really yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I saw that when he first posted it, I think. And um, I said, wow, he lit it. That's pretty cool. It's a lot of drilling, I think, probably. But yeah, looks awesome. Uh, second place winner, entry number seven is Joe Evans, Joe D Evans. Uh, again, well done. Yeah. I like his color choices. Yeah, I, I love like those color choices. Color choices. So, um, cause I, yep. I really love those color choices. <laughs> it's like two. And, and our uh, friend Matt Lawrence would like those color choices. I think so. Copper in there. It wasn't copper. Yeah, that he said he, he did love his copper. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> and third place winner was entry number eight with Matt K. Uh, another great job. I love that blue. That blue and the brown really set each other off nicely. But yeah, and, and I gotta give Matt credit. He painted a um one of Mark Worthing's creatures, um, box art kits. And he did it in blue. And like, who in the world's ever gonna paint it blue? But it really came out cool. It did look and, cool. Yep. Uh, I, I think he's not afraid to use um, you know, brighter colors and stuff like that. But it's cool. It's cool yeah. to see stuff like that. And, so. and and Matt Kay is a uh, model club veteran. He was in Model Club One, so he was, and he's a nice guy too. Yeah, but no, congrats to everybody who win, who won, who win, who won, and everyone who entered. I mean, that takes guts entering contests, no matter what you're doing, and to jump in there with everybody else painting the same thing. It makes it a little tougher because you're comparing each one to the other one, and it's a little, probably yeah. a little more stressful. So apples to apples. Yep, apples to apples is fun though. I like that. Um, good job, everybody. Good job, Resumaniacs, for hosting that. Um, moving on. Moving on. Okay. News and reviews. Also, new kit coming out was announced on Christmas. Scott, you want to take that? Right. And those of you that didn't catch the hint in the last episode, um, first of all, I want to start by saying I've actually seen this movie numerous times. And this is Curse of the Werewolf, Oliver Reed. And um, the pictures debuted on Christmas Day. And anyone that's seen the movie knows that the character... Um, Leon was born on Christmas Day, hence that's why he was cursed um, with this curse or whatever. And this is um, like a two-bust piece. And it's actually his mother, um, which I don't think the werewolf ever actually sees the mother, but in the promotional posters and stuff, she was in it. Uh, Years ago, AFM did a kit where the werewolf was holding a girl and it was actually the mother, not the girlfriend, but um it's you know, so it's part of the way it was promoted, I believe. But um she's very busty. She's a busty bust. <laughs> and um so it's a nice two uh figure thing. And I, I don't know, I haven't talked to Paul. Busty mothers sell these separately as well. Um I like the bell in the um werewolf base. Yeah, it looks nice. You know, and again, if you've seen the movie like I have, um, you know the significance of the bell. And um, 
Yeah, I like to brag. When I've seen the movie, I like to brag. So nice. So anyway, yeah, nice piece. Um, little different take that you normally see too. I don't know. It's like a little different expression than you normally see when you see this character, but it's cool. So um Paul Gill again, figure model kits, uh Jaeger Army. Um, check it out. And uh Okay, next. I, yeah, I don't know the details on that price wise or anything. Or if he sells them separate, so you'll have to get with him on that. Uh also coming out that we saw another again, we're turning into uh <laughs> Jeff Jaeger. Yeah. Uh promote what are we? I don't know. We're the Jaeger channel, the Jaeger Army <laughs> yeah, channel, yes. Yeah. Jaeger Club. Um the beast from 20,000 fathoms. Mm-hmm. Looks really what cool. do you call that beast, Jason? I just called it that. That's not what it was called. Oh, let me start. Over. Have you seen the movie? No, bullshit. Yeah, I have seen the movie when I was a kid. What do they call it then? What is it? Leagues? The Redosaurus. Oh, it's Leagues. Oh, the Red. I thought you meant. I knew that. No, you didn't, apparently. I thought you meant what they called the. What did they call the creature? The Redosaurus. No, Redosaurus. I saw it as Redosaurus. Whatever. Look at you trying to shame me, and I know. Estomare. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that looks really, that looks like the, that looks like the thing, right? No, it looks like the Redosaurus. Yeah. The thing you. was a different movie. Which I haven't seen. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We should so start. So anyway. Um, yeah, I'm not sure the scale of this. Did you was it... no, I didn't see it either, but so, I'm guessing this, <laughs> that's, this that's my scale. When I looked at it, I'm this like, is, okay, this is a new scale, Jason's <laughs> like, head scale. That's my head scale. Yes, I'm thinking it's like the size of my head. I have a large head, actually, but I was thinking about softball size, but hopefully, I'm wrong and it's a little bigger. Although, smaller the better yeah. for me these days. Little brain, okay. <laughs> It looks right. cool. I like that a lot. It looks just like the puppet. A great Harryhausen yeah. uh, creature, for sure. Yeah. Also coming out, anything else? Did I, I saw some stuff from inside. I'll bring it up next up issue, but just I haven't saw had some time. stuff coming up. Um, yeah. Harryhausen stuff coming up from X Plus. I'll try to grab some pictures, uh, some super deforms, of course, because, you know, I love that stuff. Yeah. And uh, online with those Godzilla super deforms, I show a long oh, time ago now. Episodes back, yeah, but it's on. It's in part of that X plus super deform series, and uh, there was a Redosaurus and a Cyclops. And uh, I'll try to grab photos of those for next episode. I'll probably order them. So at some point, I'll be able to review them a little bit and hold cool. them up. Uh, moving on, other stuff I saw. Uh, new Hobby Japan. It's not actually that new. Because I hadn't been over to pick up my stuff in a while at the comic store. Um, and they kind of come when they show up. But this is issue six of the new Hobby Japan. And I just really, 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 really liked. I had never seen a Gundam weathered that well in a long time. And I just wanted to share it. That's, <laughs> it looks awesome. And then the, 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 the inside of the magazine part of it just. He does a lot of it with sponges and markers. Uh, like. Not even like the Gundam like panel line markers, but like these fat tipped markers. But that's the one thing I saw that I just I love the paint job on that thing this time. Well, that's a Gundam. Yeah. Hmm. Wait. I would have bet on a Transformer, but that's just me. Oh, what? 
So I could. <laughs> Go ahead. We learn so much about each other. So if I put up a Transformer, a Gundam, a uh, Macross something, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Okay. I think that looks like a Transformer. Okay. So that's a Gundam, Scott. <laughs> well, how about that? Yeah. All right. It's so nice you can translate to Japanese and maybe right. do an article for us. Well, that's so. the other, that's the really, I wish, if I had one hobby wish right now, it would be that Hobby Japan had an English version. Maybe they do. But if they published an English version, I would be, there's so much cool information in there, and I have no idea what it's saying. And it's got amazing pictures. The magazine is published on cool, glossy paper. It's just a beautiful magazine, and I never know what they're saying. And it's just all on pictures. I don't know how to order any of this stuff, which I can't, I mean, I do, but it's just harder trying to translate. But if you can, check out Hobby Japan once in a while. I get it. I subscribe through the comic shop, and it comes over there. But yeah, it's a cool, really well-done Gundam. If you get a chance, look at it. And Amazing you fantasy something. books and comics in Frankfurt, Illinois. Yeah. If you're in the Illinois area. We'll give them a plug. Yeah. So. Uh, you found something cool to share. I did. I found something cool. And it, and it literally happened when I turned my computer on to come on to this mess. And <laughs> it's um, <a> mess episode. <laughs> and, um, it's, it's, and I've talked about this weathered models group or whatever. I love that group. I, I do too. Cause I, and I just, they feed my newsfeed all the time with photos and this photo came up. And it's a 132nd cockpit seat. And you can see it. It's next to, it looks like a bottle of Tamaya to give you an idea of how that big is it is, tiny. how small it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And look at that. I mean, just, just look at that. Look at the little rivets or bolts or whatever yeah. that I put on the side. And um, that is really well done. You know, and even to the dry brushing kind of on the straps. Or I, well, the thing know. that dry, the, when I look at that, and I'm going like, what the heck? The stripes on the the yellow and black stripes on the yep. cords, and then on the is that a seat handle maybe? Yeah, the ejection seat. Yeah, handle. The, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like, look at the print. Take it to my bottle, which I have somewhere in front of me. Oh, that's behind the camera. But look at the print on that Tamaya. <laughs> and that's nuts. That's yeah. a cool find. That's another one. If you're on face again, we were talking about Facebook groups a little bit. Weathered models is beautiful there is so much cool stuff on there and just to be inspired by actually really good modeling and it's a great group if you haven't found it yet get on there check it out on facebook weather models um yep. but that's it i think for news and reviews we got anything else no no i think that's it no it's been with the holiday it's been slow it's yeah. a slow time of a uh, year I haven't watched any movies. Like I'm waiting. I'm going to watch Wonder Woman. I think tomorrow. Um, nothing. I haven't really. I've been driving. <laughs> so, uh, which brings us to the workbench. Yes. You make anything? Do anything? Uh, okay. Uh, so what I'm working on still is my FM article <laughs> and it's still sloth. Uh, I've gotten a little further to putting up a picture here, just kind of some stuff I've done. Uh, the one thing I'm worried about right now is I ordered 
uh, from Green Stuff World in the UK. I think they're located in the UK. Some of that UV resin. I ordered it on November 23rd, and it still hasn't shown up yet. And it is now winter, and I don't want resin sitting in the cold. And I have a feeling it's somewhere getting ruined. And I thought it would get here a little bit sooner than it did. Um, but that's what I'm working on. I'm waiting for that. And still just building miniatures and working on sloth. That's it. That's my workbench. It's slow. like a sloth on sloth. I am like a sloth on sloth. Sloth on sloth. Sloth on sloth action. What a great title for the argument. For the argument. For the uh, <laughs> article. Yeah, I think maybe I will. Um, other this than that, your first online article. Yeah, which is weird. I if I get in, maybe I'll be late and not turn. Well, yeah, sure you will. Yeah. All right. This brings us to our new segment. Uh, I've had an idea for this segment in a while, and it is going to be called Hobbyist What? Oh, I just I I haven't told you yet, but I made an intro, and I'm putting it. Oh, well, maybe you should have told me that. I would have shut up. It's called On the Road with Jason because Scott don't go nowhere. That's what it's called. Wait, is it called all of that or just On the Road with Jason? No, it's called all that. Okay. And they would have saw the animation about two seconds ago. (laughs) So what I've done for the last week is I drove from here in Chicago to Texarkana, to Dallas, to Austin, to Houston, to Memphis, and back. And a lot of those times, like a lot of people, like a lot of us, I like to do when I go places, I take my phone out and put in Hobby Store and try and visit some places on the road. And I just wanted to share some things that I found while I was there. The big selling point for me on this trip, we went to see a friend of mine in Austin, and I'm going to give him a plug. If you ever need a... a Airbnb and you want to stay in Austin, uh, Austin Eco Ranch. He, my friend's place is gorgeous. Uh, there's three places there. Uh, check it out. You can look it up online on Airbnb, Austin Eco Ranch. Um, but that's where we stayed just with my friend. And, but before that up in green V green. Oh, I'm sorry. Grapevine, Texas is the Warhammer flagship store for the country. The world's not the world's biggest, but the United States biggest Warhammer store. And I'm just going to show you some pictures of there. The cool thing about that store is a hobby bar built in, not a hobby bar, but a coffee bar built into the hobby area. So you can buy, and it's all like named after characters and things in, in Warhammer land. And they have a gaming area. But the cool thing about that store is for those of you who don't know, and again, this is a garage kit podcast, not a Warhammer miniature one, but I'd like to kind of mix the two. Um, they there's an offshoot of Games Workshop Citadel Miniatures called Forge World, and it's all resin cast. It used to be two separate companies, and Games Workshop acquired them, and they started doing it. And the only place you can physically buy that stuff in the United States is at this store in Grapevine, Texas, called the Citadel. Um, otherwise, you have to order it from the UK, and the prices, the shipping prices are nuts. So, but the cool thing about this is they have almost every piece they have on display and in the store in the cases and it's really cool to see some of that stuff that you really don't get to see except for online um the store was smaller than i thought it was going to be but um it was still really cool to go to be like at the mecca of warhammer united states the bathroom had a skaven carrying toilet paper painted on the wall they had some really cool things painted around there and um 
out in front, I got my picture taken with a space marine, which if it was a Nurgle marine, I'd be a little more happy. But okay, So is that a Gundam? That is not a Gundam. That is a space marine, Scott. Space Force. Got it. Okay. The next stop on the trip was a little place right outside of Houston called Atomic Hobby and Gaming. And again, it was more gaming miniatures. They did have a really good uh, paint selection. The cool thing about this place, it was built into like, everything's like that prefab, like steel structure kind of mm-hmm. area. And so they had, you couldn't have the most opposite store right next door to like a fat guy Warhammer store. They had a, a, a CrossFit training facility in the building right next door, but they had it all decorated. They had some gaming tables. The one cool thing they had in there, and I don't think I got a picture of it. Um, was they had a little bin where you could put your little model bits in there and you could buy them by the bag. It was like, I forget how many dollars for a gr- like 20 grams or something. Um, but some cool displays and some a good paint selection, some really cool things in there. Great shop. The guy was really nice. Uh, but that was strictly basically Warhammer stuff in miniature games. Um, the cool little find that is coming up here is a place called G and G model shop. And this was like straight downtown Houston. And this is, they had tons of tanks, boats, planes, and cars, like in display cases. And it was just your like straight up old school model shop. They had absolutely no figures in there. They had a couple Gundams though, Scott. Um, but it was strictly military and vehicle and airplanes and, and that kind of stuff. But tons of materials, tons of supplies. Uh, if you're in the Houston area, definitely check it out for supplies and things. Um, great display eye candy in there. They had a couple sci-fi ships and things on display. Yeah, I caught you in a lie, by the way. What's that? There's a figure kit in the case. Oh, yeah, but not for sale. There was Mr. nothing like Spock in the three snakes. Yeah, there was a spot Spock in the case, but there was nothing for sale in terms of figures at all. Oh, fine. Uh, next door, we just happened to go next door, and there was a comic shop next door, and it was called Nan's Comics and toys and it's huge like giant comics giant games but then in the very back corner there was a shelf that had a ton of old horizon geometric um model kits like some really cool stuff so if you're looking for some older kits there's some in there that are pretty rare actually these days um they had the Conan and the King Cull from Hard Hero sitting in there. They had some of the Horizon resin kits. They had some, that, some old Star Trek ones um, and some good stuff. And then in the back, I saw he had kind of hidden, tucked out of the way, um, the Predator and Dutch, where he's got Dutch up against the tree. Uh, I forget the name of the kid. I know it's on the box uh, in the picture, and I'll put it up there. But cool little find. I like finding. You don't see that much in comic shops anymore where you go in and there's a ton of model kits just up in there. So if you get a chance, not Nans in Houston as well, if you're looking for those kits, I'll leave those pictures up there for a little bit. So you can kind of look through, uh, if you have questions, I can kind of answer. They had some screaming stuff. Um, I think they had two of those Azrael's, those horizon Azrael's, um, bunch of toys, a bunch of miniatures and some just, the guy was really nice too. I, the one thing I noticed about these hobby shops, everyone was nice <laughs> at every single place we went to, um, which you don't get much sometimes at hobby shops. But and then I just took some extra ones. Lots of comics in there, lots of games, and that store stuff. 
So I'm just, uh, I'm a tad jealous just because you mentioned the hard hero Conan. Yeah. And I searched for that for years. I finally bought one. Did you? I, and it was available as a prepaint and a regular. So was the red Sonia. So was the King call, I think. And I had the red Sonia as a prepaint and at Wonderfest one year, a guy had the kit for like a hundred bucks. And at the time, the prepaint had soared in price. So, like, I made like a huge profit on the prepaint, and uh, I still have the kit, which is cool. Of course, it'll never get painted, so now I don't have it anymore. <laughs> but so the Conan was one that I wanted. Now, the good story about that is I was helping my good friend Ed Bowkley at the time at his table, and it was right when Wonderfest opened. It was the early bird or whatever. So I was always there at the table to help out. And somebody says to me, they said, "Hey, can I have that Conan?" How much does he got on that Conan? I turn around and it's the hard hero Conan. And I think he had it for a hundred bucks or something, 120. I don't mm-hmm. know. And I look at it, I go, Oh shit. I go, that one? And he goes, Yeah. And I go, I, I think it was 125. And he says, Yeah, I'll take it. And I sold it to him and I looked at Bowkley and I'm like, why didn't you tell me you had that? And he goes, Well, <laughs> I didn't know you wanted it. So um, yeah, I had to sell it. And you know. I helped him set up and I never saw it, but I would have bought it, but I did eventually get <laughs> that. So. Honestly, that that's a regret for me too. I kind of wanted it back then. I kind of wanted it the other day and I just being out later, uh, I was like, I need the money for the trip and I wish I kind of picked it up. Oh, I see it hiding now. I didn't see it. In the yeah, it's there. I, I don't have a picture of it because it was kind of, and there was these two guys that were just like sh- trading cards in front of that shelf the entire time I was in there. And I didn't want to get too close to them. They, I had the King Cull and sold that. I have the Red Sonia that I painted and built. I had the snake. What was the, well, the guy holding the snake, snake pit? The snake yeah, the pit. snake pit. I had that and sold it. Um, the Conan is the one I, ne- I, I never had that one. So, yeah. Um, so then we made it to Memphis and spent the night and went and saw, drove past Graceland. And I'm about to piss off people. Here we go. Here it comes. Did you go to Graceland? I did not go to Graceland. I drove past it because I couldn't mm. give a shit about Elvis. Um, wow. Honestly. Overrated? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, he's not overrated. He's just not my... Uh, wait, wait. Know. He's not overrated, but the Beatles are. And the Beatles aren't overrated either. Um, <laughs> what you said. Okay, and you beeped it out, you bastard. And <laughs> you know you beeped it out. I am not an Elvis fan, but I did want to... Everyone's like... You should go to Graceland, go to Graceland. And I didn't want to go there, so I drove past it. Um, there's a plane out front. <laughs> That's all I could see. Um, and then everything else looks like it's encased in other buildings. Uh, but I did get to see the One True King's bar, which was... I took a picture out in front of there. It's Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> he has a bar on Beale Street from... <laughs> the One True was, King? The One True King, One yeah. True King, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't know King Kong had a bar, but. <laughs> but I thought that was cool. I didn't know that. So I was more impressed with that than I was with Graceland. And we'll see, you know. Anyway, that was my trip. I was on the road with Jason because Scott don't go nowhere. Any huh. other questions, Scott? No. Was Jerry Lawler the one that hit Andy Kaufman and Letterman and all that? Yeah. Was that- yep. Yep. And had a heart attack live on Raw a couple years back and almost died live on, on TV. But they, they resuscitated him in front of everyone. Uh, but he's still kicking. The last mouth and yeah. 
he was right back to normal. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that was my trip. There's some cool stuff. If you get a chance that Nans get down there, there's some some gems hidden in there if you're looking for some stuff. I wonder if they got uh, a website. Do they have a website? Or I don't know. Even... I haven't even looked. This was just I unloaded everything today, really, from my wow. phone, and I was gonna check. Um, but that's it. Anyway, the topic for this episode. And we'll, we'll keep it. I want to touch on something about Scott not going anywhere. Let's talk about when Scott did go somewhere with you, and you rolled the window up on him, so I couldn't say anything to the asshole that threw fucking garbage out. In the fucking middle of the this is why you don't go anywhere. So you don't get okay. So uh, oh, I did get a speeding ticket, by the way. In yeah, Texas. He was, that's right. You did get Buford T. Justice pulled so, over. Yeah. Jason. Buford T. Justice got me in all places. Guess what the name of the county was? Walker County, Texas. I Boy, I'm going to barbecue your <laughs> ass in molasses. I don't it's, care what your name is. Dude, it sounded just like that. And I wasn't even going fast. And it was a joke. It was a speed trap. And I haven't, I cannot badmouth this, this area yet because I just, I don't know how speeding tickets work in other places, but here in Illinois, you get your ticket. It's in there. You go online, you pay it, you take your driving course, whatever. I called yesterday and they don't even have it in the system yet. She's like, call back in a couple days to get it in. I'm like, I want to pay this ticket. I want it like, so I don't even know what's going on. Anyway, yeah, that sucked. I can hear him now. That's a nice beard, boy. Don't wear him <laughs> like that around here. No, it was, he was, oh man, I can't even, he, he was straight, just business transaction. You were going 72 into 60, and then I, as we pull away, I see the 70 mile an hour sign. I'm like, you son of a bitch. And he's just like, Harry, call this number, do this, this, and this. Have a great day. Roll that window up so you don't get cold. And I'm like. What? See ya. It was yeah. Anyway, it's better than. Have you ever been pulled over in Wisconsin? No, I have not. Just jag off, fucking state police. They're the worst. Okay. They're bad. They wait right there in Kenosha. Right. Oh. as soon as you get over the line, the guy gave me the whole. Is your phenomenon uh, in a place where you can see it? And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, like I was a sixteen-year-old. He was pulling me over. And that's, he ended up only giving me a warning and he was such a jag off. I would have rather he just gave me a ticket. And let me go. Okay. So uh, I have a friend who's a state police here. And so I've never dropped his name. <laughs> I did once after I got the ticket. I, and I was like, he's like, oh yeah, that would have worked. I'm like, dang it. Should have used it. Oh man. But that's like my first ticket in like seven years. It yeah. sucks. You, you anyway. probably wouldn't have got, were you wearing your skirt at that point or was that, you <laughs> no. know? I was <laughs> yeah, nice skirt. You're gonna take it. Luckily, I you know Jamie was with me. Or did you have your elf costume on? What's that? Yeah, that'll be great. Spike gets a hold of that. That'll be great. Well, no, I was just you know even me with my stupid earrings, and I look like an idiot. So anyway, Texas, good barbecue. That's what I had on Christmas Day. It was awesome, and yeah traveling there you go all right moving on to our topic we have a topic i guess so what's our topic topic is future the future, future. scott all the way to year 2021 2021 
What do you think? Just a brief, quick. Well, because I'm totally unrehearsed and have no idea. The first thing that pops into mind. Yeah, I like, yes, we're not rehearsed. There are a couple things. Uh, the first thing is I, I see more and more of a trend in pre-orders and pre-paying and stuff like that. And, um, it, you know, and I know you've done some Kickstarters with gaming and stuff like that. So I, I see more of that going on. I'm still not a big fan of it as the hobby purist in me, but I, I, I see it going that way. I, I see that's the way it's going to go. You know, people want guaranteed sales. Um, what I wish I would stop seeing is these limited runs on stuff. Oh, I'm only making 25, you know? And it's like, you're trying to make a collectible, I guess. And why? You, if you make something collectible, you don't make any money off of it. It's the collector that turns around and sells it for double what he paid for it that makes the money. You know, so what as a as someone who's produced models, why what would be a reason for doing that? I don't know. Uh, other than you just get tired of it and don't want to do more than a certain amount. Okay. Um, or you know, and again, I, I, I see it, you know, I've seen guys make runs of kits till the molds run out, but usually you can get more than 25 out of the molds. You can sometimes get but I also look at it and say I would remold it until there was no more demand because it's how hard is it to keep a mold on the shelf? And when someone wants one, just go, okay, it's space, it's time, you know, over time, depending on your material and your environment. Um, I've got some molds now that have started to get kind of funky, but they're molds I've had like 20 years out there, you know, so yeah. 15, 20 years, you know, I've probably got some molds out there I can still use. Um, although it's been about five years since I've been out there doing anything. So, <laughs> who knows maybe not um you know and, and i'm not knocking anybody i'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way i just come from the old school of you would do a model of a of a subject you wanted if you sold enough to break even or even fund your next project then cool but it seems like it's more about making the money now and um you know i get it you don't go into business to not make money and um I think that's where we transition from the hobby to a business. I was just going to say, yeah, I think it depends on how people look at it. If it, is it a hobby to them or is it a business? Yeah. And, and I think there's guys that it, it's both still, I think it's still both to a lot of guys, but um, it's harder, you know, it, it's, it's harder, but I just don't, you know, I, I don't see the real limited runs. I, I don't see what, um, what the purpose of that is, you know, like I said, if you make a collectible, if you make something that's going to be worth twice what someone pays for it, you don't benefit from that. The guy that bought it benefits from that. Okay? Yeah. And the bad thing is there's a guy out there that wants to really buy and build the kit. And he ends up paying double what he should have, you know, um, because he missed it when it came out or whatever. So, you know, I, yeah, I don't get it. You know, I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong. I just, I don't get it. I, you know, I say keep it in production. You know, now I get it. Once you've sold through 75 or 100 of them, hey, if you don't have it by now, you know, tough bananas. So um, I get that. I get that point of it, too. But so I see that. I also see, um, you know, it's and it's already gone on. But, you know, having been reinstated in the clubhouse, clubhouse don't get a lot of traffic anymore. And so there, there was a thread on there this week about people 
you know, well, I don't want to go on Facebook for whatever their reasons are, you know, and I think it was uh, Jesse that made the comment, you know, because someone asked, why do the producers all go to Facebook? And Jesse was like, well, because that's where the customers are. Okay. And so that's kind of happened too. The the forums have kind of died and, um, you know, you have to kind of be up on the Facebook groups and hope you catch one that, you know. Yeah. Has yeah it and that's what's I, like the good thing about the clubhouse is it's all there for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. The bad thing about Facebook, even though it's all there for everybody, depending on what you click on previously, Facebook will show you certain things. So your mm-hmm. Facebook experience looks drastically different than mine. Um, and I won't see, so there'll be stuff on, on resin maniacs or on, on Deary's group or something. And I never see it come across my newsfeed ever, unless I go and look at it. There's times where I don't see garage kit related stuff ever, even though I'm in those groups, which if there was a way to fix that, maybe there is, maybe uh, just, maybe there's a setting. You just go show all things from that group or something. But a lot of times I just, I don't see that stuff. And that, I think that's a huge disadvantage sometimes because when I'm looking at Facebook, it's quick, usually like, mm-hmm. and if I don't see something like, I see a lot of the miniature stuff. I see a lot of the bus stuff that I like. Um, but I don't see a lot of garage kit stuff, even though I'm in those groups and I don't understand it. Yeah. And I miss, I miss buck site still, you yeah. know, because it was a nice spot to go and, and sometimes, and again, I was pretty, I, I consider myself pretty up on things, even still, you know, as far as what's coming out, what's out there. And I would go on Buck's site, and then once in a while you'd catch something saying, oh, I didn't see that, and you'd, right. you'd be able to do that. Um, so you don't have that anymore. You talked about that garage kit, uh, mm-hmm. what is it, compendium? Yeah. And um, so I did join that, and I like what they're doing there, but... I wish there was a way they could go in and create galleries and I don't know if they could do it by producer. I don't know if they could do it by character because to search through all that stuff, you know, unless you type it exact, you know, it's going to be a hard to search through, but again, I'm sure they're tweaking that and trying to figure that out too. But, um, you know, it's kind of cool to see some of the old kits pop up there and, um, you know, grab those photos actually for my inventory so i don't have to open boxes and you know mm-hmm. take them myself um so <laughs> I, I you know i i see and the, and the other place i see this going and there's some guys out there that are concerned about scanning and printing like kind of recasting and i just don't to get a decent scan and a decent print and i don't know i think if you're going through that much trouble jesus pay the 70 dollars for the bust and be done yeah, you know, I, my but, side of that is, I think that's kind of what I like. That's where I see it going. I, and I really, I hate to tell when you're doing larger scale stuff, there's, you're always going to need the, the guy that goes out there and buys the money to do the molds and do the stuff, but anything quarter scale and down, um, you're done. You're, you're as a model kit producer, you don't have much time left in my opinion. And you're going to have to get in the business of selling STL files for people Mm -hmm. to print on their own. Because if I could, if I could just get a file of a sculptor, because I mean, the sculptor has all all the cards now, 
and they could just make sculpt, 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 sculpt in, in a computer, sell you the file for $15 and you print it on your own for 50 to a hundred or whatever it ends up being, uh, whatever it costs you for the resin, that's where it's headed. And they're not going to need model kit producers anymore. And it sucks to hear that, but that's where it's going. And I see it more and more of model guys pick, and I'm one of them. <laughs> I have my eye on what I want to get um, of people who've picked up printers. And that's scary a little bit too, because I do love that. I love that people will go out of their way to make a, a, a model kit. There's something special about a box, about all that stuff. But if it's just a bus that I want to, you know, Mm-hmm. versus waiting for it to come and I just print it in my bedroom or in my basement. I, I don't know. It's uh, 3D printing is going to be huge here. And yeah, I get the recasting part of it. Um, but I don't think it's going to affect it enough. It's always going to be a problem. I, I think it's just model kit producers are going to have to go either large enough scale to where you can't really do it at home on your own or make it beneficial to not print it at home, which I don't know how, I don't know. It's, it's a weird time. It's one of those transitional periods. Things are going to be very different in the next five years. I think it's, it's interesting to see where it goes. Now, my opinion is there's still something sharper to a clay sculpt being reproduced than the digital sculpts. That being said, Digital sculpts have come a long way. And they're just going to keep getting better and better and better. And as printers become higher quality and more affordable to have in your home, then I think you're right. I think it's going to turn into something. um, I mean, you can get a really good 3D liquid resin printer for about mm -hmm. 300 bucks. That's crazy. That's one model kit these days. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, and I think it's too, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's guys that can do both. Like there's Tony Cipriano can sculpt in clay mm-hmm. and he's become really good digitally, you know. So I think there's guys that can do both, but I think you're still going to have the guys that can do one or the other. Yeah, I can sculpt in clay, but digitally, yeah, not so much. And yeah, yeah, yeah I can sculpt digitally, but I can't. I could never take a piece of clay and make something. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know where that's all headed, but I, I, yeah, I think at some point it's, it's going to be headed that way. There's aspects of that that are cool and in that, okay, I need a 55 gallon drum for a one six scale diorama. Well, if I can go, I can go get that from somebody for $5 or whatever, you know, um, or if you can print print 10 of them in two hours, my diorama or whatever, you know um great you know but um so you know whatever bats rats um stuff like that you know like i'm giving ideas probably nameplates write this down um you know yeah that's all gonna be um i think you're gonna see all of that so um it's it's i don't think it's around the corner tomorrow but it's not too far off no And, and like i was saying before i still like a well-produced model kit that's mm-hmm. always going to be there and it does not replace that in any way. So I think if a, a, a producer is going to want to survive as a model kit manufacturer or model kit producer, they're going to have to start offering something more than a bust in a box 
or a model kit in a shipping box. Um, you're going to have to come back to box art. You're going to have to come back to a really cool instruction sheet, something kind of like the way vinyl is made a comeback, which, Oh, I was going to show my bride of Frankenstein vinyl. I'll do it next time. Um, but the way vinyl made a comeback, there's a place for that. And the way vinyl came back is by offering something tactile that looks cool. Something you can hold something that, you know, has good artwork with it or something else. I think that's the only way a model company will have to make it in the future is by offering something other than just pieces. Um, and I don't even know how you do that. It's, it'll be tough. But yeah. It, it's like I said, it, it's, it's going to be the future at some point. And by then who knows, maybe I will stop buying models, but um, <laughs> you know, it's either that or are we all going to get well-versed in this? So, Okay, here's this Frankenstein's monster um, digital skull. And I get it and say, yeah, I like it, but I want the arm bent. And how hard is it going to be for me to maybe take that file and change it and bend the arm or change the clothing a little bit, you know, or add folds into the... Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know. But I see it. Yeah, I, I see it either going that way or becoming part of it. Okay. We may still have the traditional resin casters still, but they will be side by side and you'll you'll start pricing more of the 3D printed stuff. Yeah. As time goes. I, I also I think the other I'm trying to look for good news in the future, but it's, I don't know. Uh model kit shows. I I'm worried. I'm really worried. And we've talked about it a ton on here, but I'm worried that conventions are going to be a thing of the past here soon. If well, certain people have their way. I think like we me, all I, I traveled and I did like, you know, you can send the hate mail here for me traveling. Um, but we can't, you know, be afraid of this forever and to keep canceling shows and shows and shows. Yes, I get it. But I don't know. It's. Well, the more you go without, the more you find out you can do without. Right. And that's, that's unfortunate. Um, and that's and then for both of us, like we've talked about before, this is the first Wonderfest we've missed since 1995. That first missing that first one makes it so much easier to miss the next one. And I don't think we're the only ones that feel that way. I, I'm sure there's people like, eh, do I really need to go this time and spend the money when I can just buy that stuff afterwards? Right. Um, and there are still people going to have fears about going into mm-hmm. large groups, vaccinated or not, um, numbers down or not. I, I think you go to Wonderfest, you're still going to see people that voluntarily walk around with masks on. And um, probably should have been all. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and gags on a few of us. Oh, but um, yeah, so I, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I've heard different things. I've heard everyone that wants to be vaccinated probably by late spring will be and then i've heard as far as august and september so we'll see what happens you know i've I've heard that both ways you know i'd like to see i'd like to see less splintering of the hobby in in those facebook groups and in the clubhouse and kind of come back and i don't even know how you do it now like everyone's kind of sitting there i I don't know to try and get one place where everyone's in the same spot again um you had gremlins way back when 
you had clubhouse for the long time where everyone went uh, and mm-hmm. then facebook just kind of scattered it to the winds and i'd like to see and i don't think it ever will but i don't know 2021 i don't think the hobby's dying by any means i just think I, it's gonna change and well yeah it's gonna start with the afm thing and it's going to change um i keep hoping that the guys that do the busts which there are a lot of now could kind of breach into that um gen con kind of is a gen con kind of thing you know or the like the thing we went to the military thing where a lot of busts are in there yeah okay and you know i wish that we could get into that and get some interest generated from there you know and then vice versa too you might get some of us saying yeah some of those military models are cool or some of those historic you know um Native American busts and, you know, whatever, uh, animals, you know, um, stuff like that. It, it, you know, all the historical things you see at some of those shows that are really well done. Yeah. So yeah, some crossover would be good, but I don't know how you get it there. It's, t- I think it takes, it takes producers and modelers risking going to a show that mm-hmm. they might be the only one at and they might not make a dollar. Or, right. you know, that whole thing. But just to get the interest there for the future. I, I, I don't know. If you have a miniature show or a, a gaming show near you and there is a model, like a contest for painting, bring your bring your one A scale kit. It's not gonna like why not? It's still gonna work, I, I think, unless they have some crazy rules or something. But yeah, we mm-hmm. need to get some of that crossover. We need to kind of branch out. And I will say this, as far as producers go, George is the only one I've seen yep. that has um, tried to do that. I've seen him at Adepticon every time I've gone. So, yeah, yeah the future. Yeah, Adepticon. Yeah, Adepticon. Gen yep. Con, Adepticon. Yeah. Well, no, Gen Con has the same thing, though, too. They have, okay. yeah, they have some of that stuff. Um, but I, I don't want to leave this as a downer, but I, I think it's going to be, a, I think there's still always going to be this hobby. It's just going to look different. Um, we'll see if some of these predictions come through next year, but I'm seeing more stuff, older stuff being sold. Now, some of it's still for prices. It just, I shake my head. Saw geometric King Kong vinyl sell on eBay for $206. I think what? Yes. And, um, why? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a good kit, but I don't think it's that rare. Right. You know, I mean, I know I have three or four of them in my basement. So, dude, bust those things out. <laughs> going for two hundred. There's gonna be a couple on eBay. So, um, oh man. But yeah, so you you start to see some. I have seen, you know, not to. I don't know what the right word is, but I've seen a lot of people selling, like you said, of their collection. Like, mm-hmm. that's. I don't know. Saw something today I wanted to buy and I didn't. And I'm like, oh damn it, I should. But still time. So anyway, the future. So yeah, uh, let's just hope it keeps going. Let's hope this AFM thing. Um hey, can we toot our own horn for a second? Sure, let's toot our own horn. <laughs> I like I like I like tooting my horn. If um, I could toot my own horn, I wouldn't need a wife. Okay, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Um we've done okay, I think. Let's do our year in review. Our year in review. Great. Um, 
we're still here. We've done 13 of these now. I didn't think we'd get past six. So, and I don't know. People kind of like it sometimes. So. Hey, no thumbs down on the last episode. I think I scared those guys. (laughs) But I I mean, I think as, as much as both of us have, we have our past. Um, we're trying to do something good for this hobby. We love this hobby. We love the people in this hobby, most of them. Um, and we're going to keep doing this until it's not fun, which could be next time. <laughs> With the way Scott treats me when we're not recording, you should all see it. Um, but we're going to keep doing it for as long as we can. And we're going to keep bringing guests on. I know this is now just our, our two stupid faces the last two episodes. Um, but let's, you know what? Do we want to talk about some of the guests? Maybe we should do that. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about some of the people we've, uh, that have reached out to us and that we've reached out to. So, um, I know Mike Allen from Forbidden Zone expressed some interest and we want to get Mike on for sure. Mike's a uh, longtime hobby guy. Yep. And if we could get Charlie on too, my buddy Charlie, um, get both of them on from forbidden zone. I'm sure there's some good stories there and, uh, those guys would be good. Um, uh, I recently spoke to, uh, Mark Kalen about coming on and doing a, uh, kind of the process of making name plates. Mark makes name plates for a lot of producers out there. And I reviewed the name plates he sent me and, um, he sound very receptive. He wants to get on and, uh, He'd like to do that. Um, we've talked to uh, Mr. Rotundi, and uh, that'll be interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just turn your mic off and let Rob and I talk, because uh, you know, you know, we'll just talk. You can sit there, and your eyebrows can grow together while we, you know, have fun. <laughs> but um, so Rob's Rob's kind of said he wants to get on. We want to have Rob Madison on again. Um, for sure. And uh, Bill Monster, Bill, uh, Monster Bill, Jones. Bill Jones. Um, yeah, I was gonna, I know he sent you a letter. You're just, talk I about, just, yep, the other day. Um, Bill's been around a long time. And one thing about Bill's stuff is, and I used to tell Steve this, um, I would look at Bill's kits and I would say, Bill never buys quote unquote shit. Okay. <laughs> Bill always bought good shit. Okay. The expensive Godzilla kits, the Janist. I mean, Bill always bought good shit. And, and I kind of always buy good shit, but I have some shit shit too. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I've got some shit. But, you know, Bill always just bought what I would call really good stuff. You know, um, Terry and David, obviously, if you could ever get them to come on. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of folks out there. Um, I, and I have my dream list in my head still that I'm going to reach out to a couple people. Uh, yeah, sure you are. I, if you're listening, Dennis Baum from Gre- Gremlins in the Garage, you will be getting an email from me. Uh, I want I want to get him on there, and I want to have Sam Greenwell and a couple of those old guys that I really appreciated when I first got into this because those are kids that I liked painting. John Dennett, we talked about yep. if John would be willing to come on. We'd like to have John on. So, I mean that, I mean, right there, that puts us through the end of the year <laughs> and yeah, and, so and there's a lot of guys. It's um, tough. And to try and get everybody on and, and also uh, scheduling is weird. 
Uh, what's his name? That other guy whose name we mispronounce all the time. T Rock. Robert T Rock. Um, like to get him on too. I like to get that bastard Spike on too with his. Uh, anybody, by the way, that is on the clubhouse but doesn't go there anymore. There's a model club TV thread in, in the garage. And uh, Spike has been doing amazing things. Spike has been doing amazing things, helping promote us and then just kind of busting our balls. And it's, it's just a lot of fun to read. I love it. I love it. And um, so, you know, check that out for sure. And um, oh, yeah. Who's that other guy we want to get on? He used to be president of the fan club. Charlie Robson. Yeah. Yeah. If he could put the kid down for like 30 minutes and beyond, that would be great. Yeah, just put him in a box, put the close the lid. You're good. In a box. Yeah. Poke holes so you can breathe. Yeah. yeah. yeah they get yeah, all their get, breath for a while. I think. For that. Yeah. There you go. But so, yeah, that's the future. I think, I mean, I never thought we'd be doing this and I'm happy we are. Uh, it's good to know you, Scott. I'm glad you're here with me. Yeah. I, it's <laughs> At the great. end of all things. Just so everybody knows too. It's much nicer when there's a guest because tonight Jason said, how about seven o'clock? And I go, that's great. And it was like, I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs, waiting for him to get ready. Wait, I got to go take a picture. Wait, I got to do this. Wait, I got to do this. I go, does seven o'clock mean anything to you? Okay. So when we have guests, he's a little more punctual and ready. All right. So um, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. And, and uh, it's but like, I also like free balling it. So I like uh, just, yeah, going. we saw that in the last episode. Remember? We saw <laughs> that. Um, so, but no, I like the, like, if it were me and we could just put like pull pictures up as we go, I, I like the live feeling of that more than the plan. So that's kind of what I'd like to capture on these. People might hate these up and what was up with 700 views. We're trying to figure out. And then it dropped down to 500. We don't know what that's. And about. I still don't think 500 is right. Honestly. No, honestly. It took us like that three is weeks. correct. Yeah. <laughs> what the I, I mean, thanks. If if we have that many people watching, thanks. Yeah, but oh. yeah, something's wrong. Um, but anyway, <laughs> he's got everyone watching, saying, "What this guy bad mouths me? I'm going to go on there and tear him up." So, <laughs> all right, emails and corrections, and then we'll be done, and it'll be a new year for everybody. Um, did we get anything wrong last episode? I don't think so. Good. All right, we're good. I don't even remember. <laughs> What was last episode? It was us talking about stuff. No, we got a few more subscribers though, which was we did. cool. Yeah, please again subscribe. Uh it's actually I was surprised when I looked at the number. Most people are subscribed. So thank you for that. And it really does help. And maybe that's what's happening, is it finally kind of caught up and YouTube is making it more visible because of the subscribers. So who knows? We'll see how it goes. Um we do have an email from Phil. Again, Phil writes really long emails to us, and he shared us some model kits, and we'll get to that. We call Phil's emails the Book of the Month Club, okay? And uh, we got in a little trouble last time because we didn't mention Phil's email, and um, Phil is great and emails us about every single episode. And um, He does. He, he does. You know, kind of like, remember that Charlie Robson guy used to, you know, but uh, not anymore. Kids are not as important as us. Come on. Yeah. Hey, come on. Kids. They're a dime a dozen. You can just get them anywhere. So. Not Charlie's kid, though, man. I said, did you have you seen his son? He is. He is a cute baby. That yeah, kid is. is like, he, is. he should He's be like on commercials. Right. What the? Yeah. 
He yeah. hit the kid lottery for sure. Um, let's read the wife this. lottery because there's no way they'll come out of his jeans. <laughs> <laughs> probably true. He'd probably agree with us there. All right, Phil's email. Uh, you guys said so much to talk about that you didn't reference my email after number 11. Nevertheless, I'm keeping with the tradition. And here you are. Uh, we need to see Jason in one of his skirts. You need to see Jason in all of his skirts. <laughs> the many skirts of Jason Walker. Uh, I will put a picture in right here of me. Skirting it up? Uh, no, because it's not. I don't think I'm wearing a skirt in a picture I can find. I don't have one, actually. But I'll put you in a funny picture a, right here. You said you wore one in the last episode. I No, I know I wore them, but I don't have pictures of them. I'm not stupid. Oh, great. So whose were they? And did they want them back after they were on you? Uh, they were probably my girlfriends at the time. Wait, why are we talking about this again? I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. So I'll put in. a picture in right here of me and my, my long nails day. I used to paint my nails. Never mind. Uh, so I'll put that in there. <laughs> uh his favorite christmas carol film is the musical version with scrooge with albert finney and he brings up since uh scott isn't a fan of peter jackson and jason isn't a beatles fan not a ken you dug your own grave i did this. dig a grave uh when the beatles documentary comes out uh i just he's finished peter jackson's finishing that right now he wants to know what our opinion of it would be uh he's a pink floyd fan and giving me crap for that um the Exorcist, Scott, you should watch it. I remember when it came out, it was showing in a theater in downtown Minneapolis and people were lined up down the street and around the corner to get in. I was in college at St. Cloud State at the time. I hitchhiked to Crossroads Mall about five miles from campus. It's hitchhiking? Was that okay back then? Could we? Oh, yeah. Every, okay. Yeah. All the hippies did it. Yeah. Uh, when I came out of the theater, it was at night. The movie kind of freaked me out and I couldn't wait to get back in my house. As for the two Dr. Fives movies, they were kind of campy. I enjoyed them, but you can probably skip them. I highly recommend you read all the Edgar Rice Burroughs, John Carter of Mars books. Scott, you said that you read the first book, and I'm surprised that with the cliffhanger at the end of the first book, you didn't pick up the second to see what happened. Do you remember the cliffhanger, Scott? No, I don't. That, <laughs> I, I will so. say they were a long read. Um, and I don't know, maybe I just wasn't in the frame of mind. You know, it was like I'd pick it up and I'd read a couple chapters. Sometimes I'd put it down for weeks, pick it up, you know, and then I'd have to remember kind of where I was. So, um, yeah, you know, but I have them all. So someday. Yeah. Uh, the Disney movie, if you're a big fan of the books, as many people are, you and you thought the movie was OK, Disney screwed up again. <laughs> uh scott you say you're a marvel com comics kind of guy i go both ways well phil uh thor is my favorite marvel character and i like the bizarro superman but my favorite dz characters are from the comics in the 50s and early 60s 60s space ranger is at the top followed by metal men and metamorpho i've never heard of metamorpho and i think he'll probably give me crap photos i sent you feature you featured the creature features scarecrow of romney marsh kit the one picture that phil sent in produced by alternative images i built this one for my wife and gave it to her for christmas one year ago scott you said you've never seen this three-part disney movie shock it was some of the finest work it's your family's man favorite okay everybody who's not knowing what's going on i've had to read that seven times oh, God. anyway an idiot i can't read anymore this, this is folks why i'm the talent okay <laughs> 
I can get through things and still speak English. The other photo is a uh, kit bash I did using a resin casting of Ravel Flash Gordon kit. The base is the is the one from the Aurora Dick Tracy Space Coop kit. The little pink Floyd. Sorry, Jason. The little pink character is Space Rangers sidekick Cyril, 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 who can morph into anything he wants. I totally scratch built him, but made him the nameplate using the method I described in issue number 68 of AFM pages 58-59. Uh, so that's all I have to say. Keep up the good work and looking forward to the Baker's Dozen episode 13. Your friend of mine, Phil McCracken. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. Phil, I'll read your letter next time. Okay? And Phil, we'll get through it a lot no, better. Phil, that's what we need to do. Paragraph. Uh, I would love a paragraph. Just Phil sent another email today, <laughs> right before we uh, did this. And uh, it's a uh, picture of a puzzle, and he wanted... Jason to uh, say, uh, who's this uh, puzzle a tribute to? It's Pink Floyd, because it says Pink Floyd. I Which know. I didn't get, because, yeah, Phil, you gave it up. It says Pink Floyd on there at least twice. But I would have known, because I knew some of that other stuff. I'm not a total idiot on Pink Floyd. Okay. So, let's try this to uh, end up with what is going to be your this hobby is... New Year's resolution. Oh. Hobby related. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit out the long pause while I think. I want to finish ten kits, not counting miniatures. Yeah, not counting miniatures. That's not gonna happen. I know it's not gonna happen. I'm gonna make it realistic. Three, which sounds crazy probably to most people, but between this now and three kits a year for me seems. Like a tall order. Yeah, I want to finish three model kits. All right. That are, that are for me. Like, because that's what happens. Something comes in for AFM, something comes in for someone else, or I have to do something. Someone says, hey, can you make this? I want to do three actual resin kits, model garage kits for myself. That's okay. the goal. Three. How about you? Yeah. Three is a good number. Um, Realistically, I want to finish this super deformed Godzilla so that you, everyone will finally get off my ass <laughs> about the 21-year project or whatever we're looking at now. So, um, yeah, and uh, I want to finish that. And um, I do want to start. Um, Let's do that. Let's do, how about this? We both agree we will paint three kits. Okay. You can do three. Sure. I'll even do that same one. Cause I have it. I'll make that one of them. Ooh, you know what we can do? <laughs> See, and I'm not afraid of the Mr. AFM writer. Okay. We'll have a we'll have a vote. We'll have a we'll have the viewers vote who's they like better for Okay. What do you think? All right. And I know I'm, I'm going to lose that. I mean, come on. <laughs> and I'm going to put you on the bottom of the paw. Okay. I'm going to change the guy's going to be bald with a stupid beard and wearing all black. And uh, that's who that's who Godzilla is going to be mashing. I think the one already on there kind of looks like you. I don't know what it looks like. So, <laughs> it does. but uh, yeah, we'll do that just, just for all fun. Right. We'll all it. right. And, and, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to be Mr. Big Shot AFM pro painter and lose to me. Uh, Mr. Who Payne knows? Maybe I'll throw it. I'll, maybe I'll throw it like Jerry Seinfeld. All right. 
All Everyone right. have a safe yeah. and happy new year. And um, we will see you hopefully in a couple of weeks. And in 2021. With a guest of some sort. <laughs> we so, will have a guest next time. If it's up to Jason, we won't apparently. But, you know. What? You get a hold of me two days ago and you say, hey, what do you think? Can we get a guest? I'm like, oh, yeah, two days notice. Yeah, that'll be great. Okay. What happened to your guests? Well, there was an explosion. Okay. Whatever. So. All right, everybody. Happy New Year. We'll see you next time. And uh, thanks again to um, Larry Brackney and uh, congratulations to Trevor. And um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Take care, everyone.